Hello and welcome to episode 122 of the Man in a Room podcast. How's it going? Um, do you know, I just, I've just i been thinking about just sort of my childhood recently and how different it is now. Uh, the main difference is the fact that we don't have, well, we didn't have mobile phones back in the 90s. And the way we got around that kind of stuff, and like the the basic rule was, if you plan to be somewhere, you have to be there. So, you know, you're going to meet your friend at midday at this certain place, you had to be there at midday at that place, or, you know, face the wrath, as it were, but it's quite funny though, because I remember my dad worked out a little technique on when he wanted us to come home, and um, it was quite a, it's quite a good technique to fit, and it worked really, really well, and it's still something that is <laughs> ingrained in me and my siblings, and my dad would whistle, like, if you want us to come home, he would go, Obviously a lot louder than that. My dad's a very good whistler. And the idea would be, you'd, you'd hear that whistle, very specific whistle, and then that would mean, come home. And the thing with it was, is that obviously we had to be within earshot to hear that. So that was the rule. If you were out of earshot, it meant that you were too far, you see. And there's a slight problem with that, because if you're out of earshot, you can't hear the whistle. And then you'd be in trouble when you didn't come home within a certain amount of time, you know. And yeah, I remember my dad walking around once because we were a little bit too far away. We just didn't hear it. Just him whistling and all that kind of stuff and not being very pleased about it. And um, being like told off, so like, well, you're out of earshot, so you were too far. Wherever you were, that was too far. And to this day, my dad still whistles. He actually does the whistle for their cat. Um, because he's like, I don't want to be out there shouting out Maisie, because the cat's called Maisie, like shouting, Maisie! He doesn't want to do that, so he just he's actually trained the cat to a whistle, which is quite funny, um, that he's able to transfer that technique to an animal, especially a cat. You don't think you can whistle a cat, but you can whistle a cat. Cats can be trained to come back to a whistle. And um, it, 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 it was a good system. It is a very good system, actually, because I remember... Um, adopting that technique with my friends and so what we did was we, we well, I had this, this whistle uh, this metal whistle that I would blow but I go so it would be quite loud and that would mean that I was on the playing field so it's like heard that whistle it means that I'm on the playing field come to the playing field I'm on the playing field and uh, obviously my friends would do the same thing like if you're near the playing field you'd hear someone whistling or with their whistle it meant, I'm on the playing field, come play, because I'm on the playing field. And obviously, I'm at the park, so on and so forth. That's how it would work. If you were within earshot, I meant that. You know what I mean? It's, it was a good, it was a good, it was a really good system. It was a very good system. But uh, I remember the playing field that was near where I grew up was lackluster, to say the least. It was a massive field, which was cool. Because I meant you can just run around and all that kind of stuff. And it was, you know, your imagination was your limitation. Um, I remember there were, there were a couple of football goals at the end of the field. So you can play a bit of a bit, play a bit of football. But if there's only two of you, you can't really play football. Because, you know, so what we'd do, would we would actually... Um, one would be in goal and then one would uh, be like doing the penalty shootout. It's like a penalty shootout type thing. But you obviously... That's what you'd do. However, there was no nets in these goals, which would mean that someone would boot the football straight past you if you didn't catch it, 
and then you have to go run and go get the ball, uh, which would be a pain in the ass. I'm not gonna lie. So you know, it's like the person would stand there waiting for you to give the ball back whilst you chased it. So obviously, it meant that you want to get the ball. Um, you want to obviously stop the ball, um, but at the same time, it made it more sweet if you were able to get the the goal because it meant your friend would have to run after it and all that kind of stuff. And it, it, I'll be honest about that. We soon got bored of it um, because it's like, oh, it's just to keep running back and forth. It's like, well, the person who's doing the, the, the kicking into the goal is having more fun than the person in goal. So I remember that sort of not lasting very long. And I remember uh, my brother, he went to a place called Blakeney Point, which is on the North Norfolk coast. And he got this lovely frisbee, this like proper heavyweight frisbee and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, yeah, cool. We can go down the playing field and we can play with this frisbee um, and all that kind of stuff. And frisbees are weird, uh, really, when you think about it. I remember watching uh, Back to the Future 3 um, and thinking that Marty McFly invented the frisbee or that was the story of the frisbee the whole Frisbee's pies or Frisbee's bakeries, and he's basically he gets his metal pie dish and throws it like a Frisbee to get someone's, uh, to stop shooting at Doc. I've, you know, I've not seen Back to the Future 3 for some time. Maybe I have to revisit that. I remember not, you know, it, like it as a kid, but not so much, um, you know, in later life. In fact, the actual guy who actually invented the actual genuine Frisbee, uh, when he passed away, he had his ashes put inside frisbees not not all of his ashes some of his ashes some of his cremains were put in these lovely sparkly frisbees and uh you know like as a memorial thing like memorial frisbees for this guy like he will be forever known as the guy who invented the frisbee and there he is inside a frisbee and the only reason i know that is because i used to watch uh tom green who was like this shock comedian guy and I remember him like talking, like doing an interview with the person who invented. He obviously must have heard about these frisbees. And uh, I just remember this bit where he, like, I think he was throwing the frisbee about and all that kind of stuff, which is obviously disrespectful, but that's obviously what it's for. But then I remember him chasing after it and then putting it in his teeth like a dog and being like, and all that kind of stuff. I was like, Jesus Christ, man. Um, that is very cancelable now, but it it was fu- it is funny. I don't care. It's funny still in my head. That's still funny. So anyway, um, I, I remember like playing a, a frisbee with my friend Gary and all that kind of stuff. And you know, the idea of playing frisbee is that you it's not competitive. You just throw the frisbee to each other. You stand far away and you throw the frisbee. It's about controlling the frisbee and enjoying the frisbee and just playing like that. But he would always overshoot it like an asshole. So it was basically the same problem as, you know, going back to uh, in the goal, like being in goal and then your friend kicking it. And it's like, well, this is, um, it's not fun having to run after a Frisbee because some shitbag has thrown it. I mean, is it any wonder that my generation of, uh, my generation of people are just assholes? Because that's what that's what we used to do. Um, but yes, yeah, like, how get the Frisbee and all that kind of stuff, and yeah, it's no wonder really, and I remember once at the local pigeon club, because that was something that we used to do as as kids, my my dad used to be a, a keen pigeon racer, and every Friday we'd have the, the pigeon meet, 
and not pigeon meat, or not the meat of a pigeon, but like the the, the meeting of the pigeon people, <laughs> you know. And uh, we'd basically uh, sit around, and they'd basically have to. It, long story short, you have to have like a. The, you take your pigeons uh, to this place. They'd, they'd take them to France, and then they'd let them all out at the same time. Then they'd work out over like distance and like kind of stuff who's pigeon it's a bit a bit of a faff but they used to work out uh, who used to win the pigeon race each week and I remember there was a lot of kids sort of just killing time because there's not much to do and you can't leave kids at home and there was the local binman called Mick uh, and he I remember he came across a whole bunch of boomerangs or as he called them boomerangs don't know why and we were playing with these boomerangs. What sweet! We can play with these down the, the, you know, at the at the the pigeon club, but also at the playing field, which also means that uh, it doesn't matter because if you throw them, they're going to come back anyway. So that's like a little technique, like yeah, let's let's see if we can you know, play with boomerangs. Like pretend we're like um, Australian Aborigines or whatever. Not not, a, not I mean not in a bad way, but you know, just be like yeah, time a kangaroo down sport, and you know. Just put another shrimp on the barbie kind of and let's throw the boomerang and just try our hardest to get it to work but do you know what it's not the easiest as a kid not easy to throw a boomerang and get to come back i used to i remember used to get to sort of curl around a little bit but it was difficult and it was the same problem again throwing it and it being far away and being like this is shit this is shit i'm not enjoying the boomerang either and um you know well, that was what happened but then what happened Eventually, was we started getting computer games and all that kind of stuff. So the the the, the playing field became a little bit defunct. Uh, although saying that, the playing field is actually still there. I actually visited it quite recently with my brother just to see um, what what was going on down there, really. And uh, it was uh, it, the, the goals weren't there anymore. I don't know. Maybe just the thing is that football isn't really a thing anymore. But now they actually have like a basketball hoop. They've got like a little, they've, obviously they've concreted a little part and there's now a basketball hoop so you can shoot basketballs. And I thought, do you know what? I'm actually really quite, that, that's actually really cool. That is actually really cool. I'm actually impressed that they've done that. And I wish that I had a basketball uh, at, you know, when I visited it. So that would have been a lot of fun to do. Instead, me and my brother were just throwing our shoes into the basketball hoop. Um, it was still fun, don't get me wrong. There's no like bouncing the ball. It's very therapeutic bouncing a basketball, but. Alas, um, we just threw our shoes, and uh, yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, that's that. Anyway, I will speak to you again tomorrow. Hope you have a good rest of your day, and I'll speak to you tomorrow.